When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. You know, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket. It just may be the most rewarding to-do you do today. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio. A downloadable Cars and Coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Hey, everybody. I'm uh, Spike. I'm here with Sebastian Maniscalco. Hi, Sebastian. Hey, what's happening? On a very, very special episode of Spike's Car Radio. <laughs> and we've already driven cars. For those of you who are going, oh, no, not, a, not another comedy episode. You should know by now that I love comedy just as much as I love cars. But Sebastian uh, showed up a few minutes early, and I saw him sitting out front, and I had the GT2 RS, a car he's he's asked me about a few times, so he just drove it. Yeah, the car's frightening. <laughs> and uh, there's car guys, but then there's, like, you, where, mm-hmm. you know, while driving the car, you have so many facts about the car. Top speed, 211, <laughs> 0 to 60, 2.9. You knew about the handles, the lightweight yes, handles. The door uh, pulls. The door pulls, as you call it. So, yeah, uh, that's what I'm impressed the most about you, the knowledge <laughs> of vehicles. I love what's happening here. Um if you don't know Sebastian Maniscalco, um, I find that hard to believe, by the way, because he's selling out stadiums, arenas all over the place. He's, he's, he's if not the number one comedian in the world right now, is there even a statistic like that? Um, I'm just going to say you I, are. I know you just sold out Madison Square Garden four times for four shows. Four shows, In a yes, row. Yes. Wow. But, um, and, and we're going to get to all that. But what I like about Sebastian Maniscalco is, is I can see another Jerry Seinfeld developing in him. Another <laughs> car nut who's at, as you just heard him speak about the GT2 RS, he's interested, he's curious, but he, he doesn't know what he's pursuing, but he's on the trail of becoming a huge car collector. I don't know about car collector, <laughs> but the part of the reason I'm here is yes. for you to tell me, and I know you're an expert on this, okay. what car I should get. I have one vehicle right now. It's an SUV. Okay. I have a daughter. We're looking to grow our family, right? Now, the car I just drove, obviously, not really uh, family friendly, this, uh, this Porsche <clears throat> I just My drove. My kids love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't fit a baby seat in it. You could if you wanted to. <laughs> you, we couldn't even get in it. I had trouble getting out of it. But it was, that, that car is so tight that yes. uh, we are trying to get out of the parking garage, and you literally had to pin your ear up against the roof yeah, to yes. get the receipt from the parking garage. As so, you pull out of the Podcast One parking garage here, it's on an on-ramp going up. And if you don't pull close enough, which I did not because I'm worried – I'm still getting used to the width on the uh, uh, the size of this car, how wide it is. The car only has 441 miles on it, so I err on the side of caution – 
and and it was a little outside. As I pulled up to that little kiosk where the ticket thing came out, I couldn't reach. And I had to reach up, and my ass is hanging out of my pants. It was very <laughs> uncomfortable. and It was not a, a good start for that test drive for you to see that. However, I hear what you're saying. And I already I, and this is this is real beginner stuff. This is very easy for me because I've been exactly where you are. Okay. Except I, I think I was doing the car thing before kids. But then when the kids hit, you need the SUV. You're doing a lot of transporting. It's very simple, actually. What does your wife drive? Well, we have this one car. It's a Range Rover. So you only right? have one. We have one, and I have a scooter. And you have a, what does that mean? <laughs> like it's a, a it's a Vespa. A little, oh, you have a Vespa. Yeah, a little Vespa. Wow. So, that's what I have in the interim, and I'm wondering whether or not to get another SUV or no. maybe a, a sedan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much. This is so good. Um, first of all, I worry about you on a Vespa in this city. I, I, I should not be driving the Vespa. We, I, I know that. It's right. just something I have to have right what now. What color is it, though? It's black. It's black. Wow. And is it a new one? It's uh, it's about three years old, and uh, it's nice. Don't get me wrong, three fifty. It's a nice little Vespa, but uh, I need a vehicle. I need, you know, I took an Uber to get here. I, need a I car. saw that. I saw that. I, I like that though. What's wrong with having an Uber? There's nothing wrong with it. It's just uh, you never know what you're gonna get in the Uber. You know, it's. it's <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, it's just like it, Ubers become like a nice. It's like a cab driver with a nicer car. You know what I'm saying? It used to be white glove mm-hmm. guy in a tuxedo. Yeah, right, now right. the guy gets out and he looks like he just went to the gym. So uh, I'm looking for, for a. I'm looking for a second car. And you know, I've 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 texted you on occasion. Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? I don't know if you know. I, I just don't know what to do. I'm uh, surprised you haven't pulled the trigger on it. Okay, here's what you do. Plain and simple. I believe every every family, especially a family like yours, you're a family of three. But a guy who likes cars we should always have the SUV, one big SUV, and then one little sports car, fun car. For you, that I mean, since you like the brand, I'd say. I know you gravitate more towards a Panamera, but I would say get a 911. Get something fun so you can come driving with us on the weekends, right? Seinfeld's coming to town this weekend. We'd be driving if you're around <laughs> before we go to this charity event we're going to. we do a little drive. You'd have something to drive with. And by the way, you're invited to come anyway, so we'll give you a car. We have plenty of cars laying around. You can drive my GT3 Touring this weekend if you want. Um, but that's been a very successful formula for me, but keeping me... Keeping me in the car thing while also keeping me in the family thing. So I have, for me, I have a uh, Range Rover Sport, just a basic entry-level Range Rover Sport. And I have uh, this this thing, you know, a, a couple of them. <laughs> but I have, you know, new and old 911s to drive. So at, at my house in the garage, I have uh, an old car or a sports car. And then I always have a Land Rover in the, uh, in the driveway. And that way I'm covered for all situations. So I can leave the house and do whatever I need to do. So your wife drives the, the sport? She drives a BMW. Oh, so she, there's another. There's another. Okay, there's yeah. another vehicle. There's another one around. But if I were selling out Madison Square Garden four four shows in a row, <laughs> I would take the money from one of those shows and I would buy two cars just to start off, just to start my weekend off. Sebastian. Okay, listen. There's another problem. I don't have a home where right. I could store more than two cars. I can solve that too. <laughs> I got I've got hangar space, I've got storage space. What do you need? Um, this is very easy. Okay, so 
I know. I know you were talking about um, maybe leaving Hollywood and moving someplace less, less, uh, less scary for, yeah. for little kids. I did the same thing. Um, you, all you need is a garage and driveway space. You put the nice sports car in the garage, no matter what the wife says. That goes in the garage. That goes in the garage. Erica has given given up all garage privileges, and I get to put one nice car in there. And the other stuff can just sit in the rain. It's totally fine. All right. But that's that system works really well. Now, if you went into just a basic, you know, a, a Carrera T or a 911S or even the Panamera, your wife is going to love that car too, and you guys can switch back and forth, right? But you get a little bit of that GT2 RS feel that you had today. Did yeah. you like driving that car? I I don't like driving other people's cars just because I tend to get tight and I tend to get nervous. Right, uh, right, normal. Yeah, it's just like, all right, like that guy swung his car door open, right? (laughs) Now, if I was a little bit ahead of the game, I would have took the door off and we wouldn't have been sitting here. So That would have been awesome, by the way. (laughs) What an awesome way to start the podcast. But I... I relate to that because Dave uh, Dave Letterman was the first one to let me drive his old cars. Oh yeah, and he said you just got to get over it. You just got to get over that. That's why I'm letting you drive it. I don't I don't care. It's just a car. Go ahead and smash it. I, I, Everything has happened at this point to me <laughs> in a car. I gave a friend of mine um, back in the day a '73 RS to drive, and he immediately got hit right in the back in a, in a supermarket. Oh man. Yeah, wrecked it. And uh, I fixed it and then drove it. I know. I then sold it. I couldn't live with myself. So it would be one of those things like every time I saw you, if something did happen, I would have to bring it up or I would be, you know, I, I'm the one who hit, you know, the, what is yeah. it? Is it GTR? What is it? What, what's the name That's of the That's a GT2 RS. GT2. So twin turbo, all the power going to the rear wheel, 700 horsepower, monster of a car. <laughs> that is... You know, it's uh, it's a, it is a little hard to drive all the time. I even for me, someone who likes GT3s and driving difficult things during the week, I, I would have a hard time recommending that as your daily driver, yeah, no. as your second car. But I think you would be. Didn't you get a Panamera at one point? I had a Panamera, then I had a 911, got rid of the 911, and now uh, I, I like the newer design on the Panamera, but right? I just don't know if it's. Uh, I was actually looking into the SUV of uh, Porsche, the, the Cayenne. Cayenne. Yeah. Um, my wife had one a long time ago, one of the first uh, ones that ever came out. But uh, I don't know, too small? I don't know. I, there's a Cayenne. There's a Macan. That's the midsize. I'm Macan, I'm not into. It's just too... If you're going to get that, yeah, they're okay. I, 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 you know, I'm always of uh, of feeling that the, the car, the Porsche cars are the ones to buy, not the Porsche SUVs. Yeah. That's how they, they sell a lot of those, and that's why we get to these special cars, these GT2 RSs. They're funded by those guys and those Macans. And I'm, I've always been kind of a Range Rover guy, but um, there's a whole class of kind of plug-in, hybrid, and electric midsize SUVs coming out in the next year. Um, maybe two years. That's really, you know, Mercedes has one. Jaguar has the I-Pace. There's some really cool uh, electric tech coming up. I don't know if you like that. Uh, for me, those are the family car. I mean, once you get that settled, it's always sitting there for you, and then you can drive anything you want. Yeah. Even this scooter, which, by the way, I've been thinking about Vespa scooters. I, I really want one. 
They're, they're a little Maybe dangerous. Maybe I'll buy yours. <laughs> <laughs> Are you selling it? I can't imagine you on a scooter, by the way. Well, I don't have Do the you... head. The head for a helmet. You need a helmet in this town, and my head is way too large <laughs> to wear a helmet. So it's like double the size of a head, you see. It's all head coming down the street. So uh, what about this Volvo? Uh, is it a Volvo? Uh, I think Jerry had told me something about it. Uh, XC90? The, the, the SUV. That was one of the top-rated SUVs. I think it's either Saab. Or Volvo. No, it's Volvo. It's Volvo? Yes, he's getting that from me. It's a fantastic, yeah. It's not for you, but you mean for your family? You can't beat it. You can't beat it? No, you can't beat the XC90. What, what the dedication it? to safety of that company is unparalleled. So it's a, <clears> it's a safety. <throat> and I, it's a yeah, safety I've told this story before. But in the late 50s, Volvo invented, an engineer at Volvo invented the, the three-point seat belt. Used to be lap belts, mm-hmm. and they invented this thing. Well, why don't we do it across the shoulder here? And they realized it was so important; it would save so many lives. They didn't patent it. They said everybody can just have this. Wow! Because it will save lives. You have to love that company from that moment on. And you know, I, I on the on my show have driven a ton of uh, cars and had all the safety tech turned on in all of them. It's always the Volvo I come back to as the one. I remember clear as day backing out of a space with an old lady because, uh, you know, I let the uh, the buyers drive on the show and I'm always afraid I'm going to get killed because <laughs> they've got cameras in their face and I'm yapping at them. And it, we're backing out of a space and suddenly the sound comes out of nowhere. And this, this XC90 had uh, read the radar on it. Saw a, saw a car coming at like 60 miles an hour down the street that we didn't see mm. that would have T-boned us. But it caught it really early on at the end of the block. And the rest of the, uh, you know, for the most part, the other car's safety tech is lazy. It's like it, you hear it a little too late or you don't, you know, you can't trust it as well. I, I can't say enough good things about that. If you want to keep your family alive, the XC90, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> if you don't care about them, you know, you want to let them, you want to roll the dice on them, on the most dangerous thing they're going to do every day, here in L.A. at least, hop in a car, then, uh, you know, get them an American SUV (laughs) that rolls over. We're here with Sebastian Maniscalco. We're going to be talking cars. We're going to be talking comedy. We'll be right back with more Spikes Car Radio. Let's talk about Amsoil. You know why I like Amsoil? Because they're a bunch of car people. They're gearheads. They're into all kinds of power sports, and basically they get it. Recently, Amsoil created the guide to increasing horsepower in your vehicle. It has insider tips from some of the best in the business on coaxing more power out of your engine. You can get your free copy at amsoil.com slash spike. While there, find out more about Amsoil Synthetic Motor Oil 2. Like how Amsoil Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than required by a leading industry standard. Go to amsoil.com slash spike to get your free insider's guide to increasing your horsepower. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. We're back. That was a quick break, <laughs> wasn't it, Sebastian? <laughs> I was going to take a sip of water, but I guess we're back already. Take a sip of water. Yeah. Do you have any more car questions before we launch into the comedy? Um, this has been fun. I think everybody expected you to come in here. No, nah, what am I going to do? Come in and make people laugh? I'm here for myself and trying, Good. To, get, trying to get myself a vehicle Let's by, the keep end, talking. by the end of the month. That's that's okay. I needed your I needed your opinion on whether or not to go sports car, sedan, or an SUV. I know you're saying that uh, it's nice to have like a little uh, thing to play play around with, and, and but I mean, listen, you I don't have a driving club. 
I don't have <laughs> I don't I don't do what you guys do. I literally go to Whole Foods and back. So right. it's not like I'm going to be opening up the 911 on uh, on on Highland. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just like there's nowhere to really, like, let the damn thing go. Yeah, well, it's not about driving fast. It's the attitude when you're in the car, how you feel, right? Now, I lived lived in Hollywood and drove new and old Porsches all the time everywhere that I went. And I I found that I, especially when I had uh, uh, kids that were very young, I loved volunteering for the errand. Let me go because I knew what I was going to drive, right? I was going to get in something really cool or really old and take a run down to Whole Foods or wherever I need to go to get something out for diapers and throw them in the front of this cool car, mm-hmm. right? And that, you know, made part of my day better. Gotcha. And then I was up all night with babies, right? So it, it, <clears throat> what else What else are you doing in this car? Like, so you're, you're running errands, but that sounds like you're by yourself, Here's right? Here's another thing. What I'm doing is doing stuff like this, coming to your show. Right. After this, I got to go downtown and, and, and take a meeting. So it's just basically bouncing around. I don't put a lot of mileage on the car right. in, in one year. I'd say it's about 3,000 miles a year. I'm not really home to enjoy the stuff. I'm on the road a lot. So that was my... Okay. Whole, whole I, idea. Do, do you go out and, and, and get a, a really nice car that's going to sit in the rain? Oh, you leaving it outside? Well, my wife has the garage because she, she has the garage she, for the kids. Right? No, she's an artist, so it's a studio. Oh, so the cars uh, sit out on the on the driveway. Right. Well, that's another issue. Yeah. So okay. there's a lot of things going on at the house. And how are you? You'd have to tell me what kind of personality you have. Like, are you fastidious? Do you need uh, your stuff clean? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, the car. I, I then just that's had, not going to work. You got to get this garage back. I know. I got to get. I got to get a garage. There's a lot of things I got to do. But I, I think after kind of talking to you, I think, uh, I think I might have to go with the sports, the sports car. Yeah, there's a couple things. I mean, it, <clears throat> if I were in this situation where I didn't have a garage and I was like, you know, and a car's perfectly fine sitting outside. I know everybody's out there now going, oh, you can leave a car outside. And and I have uh, I have a couple friends out here live in Malibu who have. You know, lots and lots of money and beautiful cars, and they just leave them right in the side of the road there on the PCH. And they're like, meh, whatever. But you have to have that personality. You know, there is a world until we get you this garage where you uh, maybe just get – I was going to say right away, you're a 911 Turbo S guy if I've ever seen one. It's That's the car for you. You'd be so happy in it. It's going to have acceleration like you just felt, but it's going to have such a soft ride. It's just a perfect – all around everything car that you're not going to have to shift gears, but you can you can uh, put a baby seat in the back. It's got little seats in the back, and then you can drive it faster than anybody in the canyons. It's it's a super fast car. It's just super comfortable. Yeah. It's not like what you just got in. All the power goes to four wheels, not two wheels in the back, right. and it doesn't have the gigantic wing. It's just you get a silver black car. You're going to blend right in, and you're going to have something powerful and nice. With Burmeister sound system, you're done, right? What else do you need? You'd have to tell me whether you can let that car sit. I mean, you can throw a cover on it, right? Is it in your driveway? Yeah, driveway. Yeah, then you throw a cover on it, then you're fine. All right. Uh, one more before we hop off the, the car uh, I can, I can. Before we even leave the podcast, we can. I can sell you this car and get Dean on the phone right now. What about... <clears throat> yes. There's a Mercedes coming out. It's a four-door uh, yes. version of that sports. I forget the name of the, the car. It's a two-door sports car. It's that... Yep. The... I, what, I, is, what is it? Uh, the what, SLs? Is that is that what it is? It's a, a GT... The, the GT... Um, the Mercedes the GT. The AMG GT. Yeah, it's got a four-door coming up. 
Hmm. I don't in, know that in, they have that in December. It's the it's the it's like the Porsche looking, you know, with the with oh, the right, oval right, back. Right, yeah. The AMG GT4. Yeah. Yeah. And any thoughts? <clears throat> hmm. Are, are you into Mercedes? Are you? <clears throat> I I have been. I have done the Mercedes thing over and over again, and I ended up leaving it, leaving them. I I like them. There's, you know, this is a great car. I think, you know, for me, these cars tend to get boring after a little while. That's the, you know, they don't they don't engage me as much. I, I have fun in them. I, I'm looking at this right now, going, oh, this would be super fun for a year, and then I'm going to think this is too much car to lug around by myself, mm-hmm. all four doors. Yeah, that's just the way I tend to go with sedans. Whenever I get one, I love it in the beginning, and then by the end of the year, I'm like, it's too much car for me because 80% of my driving is by myself, and I would prefer to be in something fast and fun just for me, not lugging a, a lot of extra metal. And then this other 20%, you know, I'll take Erica's uh, plug-in BMW 530. I love driving that every once in a while. I'll right. switch cars with her. I go, here, you take this, I'll take that. Just don't fuck up my wheels, Erica. And then she does. <laughs> There's no way to stop that, apparently. But whatever. I get a wheel guy, he'll fix them. <clears throat> the Mercedes brand is, to me, a little, and this, you know, you're Italian. It's a little like jewelry. There's a little bit of a jewelry element to the Mercedes for a man, I believe. <laughs> so, like a guy wearing a what? A, brace, a bracelet? A gold? Excuse me. Wow. A gold chain? I don't know. That's just these are my feelings. What are your feelings, Sebastian? I don't know. I mean, I, this is what I'm here for. I'm like, I'm like, I like the nuance of what like a car brand brings to yes. your personality. Right. So if you're saying that. A Mercedes is like I'm walking into a, a dinner and I got my shirt open with a big cross <laughs> on my chest. Maybe that's not the car for me. I was thinking more of the uh, baseball gold chain oh, that you'll okay. see in the, right. the World Series game tonight on gotcha. the pitcher. That little Boston gold chain. But I, I like them. I, they just get they get a little boring for me, and they they feel like the agent car. Like you're the talent. Get the uh, get get the uh, talent car, gotcha. right? Gotcha. How can you be friends with Jerry and not understand the Porsche thing at this point? I right? know, I know the Porsche <clears throat> thing, but I like to look outside. Right, right. The, the Porsche. Well, then, what about Audi, which is a little more masculine? No, um, I don't know. What about like the um, this? I'm, I'm just throwing this out there. What okay. about these uh, Italian brands, the yeah. Ferrari, the uh, these these types of cars no. or is that total jewelry like you see someone with which, a, what, what about that ferrari uh, the loot the la ferrari la, well that's beautiful that's uh i'm talking about that almost panamera looking one the lagrasso la or something um the maserati no no this is a, a ferrari it looks like a panamera it's something with like a USSO. lagrasso la <laughs> the, the ferrari lagrasso <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's it's like a, it almost it's got uh, two back seats. Oh, the FF. You mean? Let me see. Is that? Let me see. Oh what... no, no, you're talking about the GT3 Luso. Luso. Yes. That's it. No. Yes. GTC4 Luso. Okay. I have a lot of problems with this car. First and foremost, <laughs> the way it looks. Problem number one. Here, let me throw a picture of it yeah. right there. Yeah. I've er- you know, it's funny. This is why I didn't know that car. I've erased it from my memory from the Ferrari history. Right. I used to have a GTC4. Right, 
they they put together two different car names to make this one, the GTC4 and the Lusso. The Lusso is a beautiful old Ferrari 250. I would die to have one. There's nothing about this car, uh-huh. which looks like something my eight-year-old drew on a board. He took a Ferrari FF and stretched it and added another door. Again, a high degree of douchebaggery going on gotcha. here, right? Okay. And uh, <laughs> the problem with Ferrari designs, especially on something like this, they always look cool that first few months when you see them, and then about a year, year and a half later, the design looks really old all of a sudden, and the value crashes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, that's just cars like this. There are lots of the 488. I absolutely love. There's a lot of great cars that they've made. Yeah, this is not one of them. Got you. This is a weirdly named mistake. Gotcha. <laughs> that's my quote for the, and that's not. Now I'm not going to get the press car, which I've requested. <laughs> I did request this to drive it, but but so be it. So be it, Joe. All right. Too bad. I'm not driving your car anyways. It's too bad. I don't want to drive it. I All do. Right, so it's Porsche, Porsche, and that's it. That's basically what it's I'm not, <clears throat> It's just, it, it, <clears throat> you're not... It's just... You're not selling I have any a sense of, car. I, I have a sense of you... I would put you in an Audi for sure. I mean, I'd put you in a Ford GT350R, you know, if you had a little more of that American muscle car vibe. But I kind of know what you're doing. I kind of get what you're doing right now. You're your kid? One kid? Two? One kid, but... Uh, young. trying for, for Young, two. right? Yeah, young, year and a half. Year and a half. You're still in that kind of, I need... You're on the road a lot. You're performing a lot. You, you want to be taken care of in this car. You want to be. You want it to be calm, but have a little bit of that GT2 RS in it. That's yeah. why I, th- I thought immediately Turbo S is your deal. Turbo if S. you wanted something bigger that you could put the whole family in and feel okay about that, then you're talking about a Panamera Turbo S. If you want <clears throat> a little nod toward the green, plug in E-Hybrid Turbo S. It's an exceptional car. Because <clears throat> it gets, <clears throat> excuse me, 29 miles um, all electric. You turn a little dial on the steering wheel, and then it's a full-on Turbo S, zero to 60 in under three seconds. It's two cars in one. It, it's a, it's an everything car for you, and that's pretty cool. You just have to be uh, okay with driving something a little big. Yeah. Do you have a a place to plug it in at home? Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. That might be your deal. <clears throat> you would have to now. Make a decision. I've thrown two or three cars in front of you. <laughs> if you were on my show, I would say now's the time oh, yeah? where you have to decide. You would have to tell me, all right, I've heard everything you've had to say, Mr. Ferriston. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like about each of your choices. And here's the direction I'm going. And we can't interest you in a BMW in any way. I don't know. I never had one. <clears throat> yeah. Eh, keep it that way. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I think after what, talking What did to you, you like growing up? Cars. I liked the she- Ferraris. <clears throat> you did? I, I've always liked a Ferrari. I don't, mm. know this, I don't know if it's the Italian in me, but, but I, 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 never, I never liked Porsche. Never liked the design. Never liked it until I drove one. Right. And then, boom, like uh, about 10 years ago, I was like, wow, this is, this is the best car on the road. Have you driven a new Ferrari? Oh, we got to get you in a new Ferrari. All right. I'm going to try to get you into this GTC4 Lusso before this decision because I know they have a press car floating around LA. They do. Yeah. And, but they're hard. They're very difficult. They give they 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 it, it took me a long time to get in their good graces before they trusted me. And I'm sure I just blew that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> that one comment. They punish. Uh, but they are your people, the Italians. 
They are my Whenever people. I meet with the presidents of the companies and the dealership guys, it's, uh, you know, you look at a couple of them and you're like, huh, I've seen that guy before <laughs> taking bets. <laughs> but... What about I, the one that uh, you hooked me up with, the uh, the Aston Martin? Oh, I, did you drive that? I, dro- I, I drove it. It, it it's uh, it was too. Uh, I couldn't see out of the car. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, that was the yeah. like the car, but it was yeah. like one of those things where in L.A. I need to I need to you see. You need where to be I'm able going. to see. With the Ferrari, they are great. <clears throat> you know, the GTC4 Lusso, I, I believe, is it's made for that guy in Aspen when there's snow on the ground and he right. wants something, a sports car. It's, it's not for you. It's, it. You know, if you're going to get a Ferrari, you get the 488 and you drive it on the weekends and you have a good time in it. But, uh, you know, that's it. I, I think for sure. Uh, I, I just ran into a friend of mine who I convinced to, to get a Turbo S. Uh, he's two years in. He's so happy. He said, thank you. I'm so happy with this car. <laughs> is there a turbo and a turbo S? Yes, there is. And the difference is the, the, the <clears throat> one engine? has an S on the back. <laughs> one does not. <laughs> there's not much difference. There's a little bit of price difference, but there's not. Got it. But again, you so, you're selling out Madison Square Garden <laughs> four times in a Not everybody. How many seats? Uh, in Madison so I do Square it in the round, and the seats are nineteen thousand each show. So, wow! Um, Holy shit! So close to eighty thousand people. Wow. Yeah, Have uh, you? Did you ever imagine you'd be able to pull this off when you started out? Because if I'm not mistaken, you were waiting tables at the Olive Garden. Well, I started and then at moved the Olive on Garden to the Four, four seasons. seasons. Yeah. Yes. So I was at the Four Seasons, 1998 to 2005. <clears throat> mm-hmm. My goal when I moved out to Los Angeles was just to do stand-up comedy for a living. I had no uh, aspirations of doing arenas and theaters and whatnot. I just thought, hey, you know what? If I could work comedy clubs and put food on the table and, and uh, enjoy myself, that's that's fantastic. What kind of waiter were you? Uh, I, was, <laughs> I waited tables too. I was very expedient. I was very quick. I was, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I always refilled stuff. You didn't have to ask me. I was always a step ahead of the game. <laughs> But my knowledge on the product was not extensive. If I didn't, if I didn't know a dish, <laughs> right? Uh, they go, "How is the the, the the chicken picante?" I go, "You know what? A little dry." And, and, and they start asking questions. I go, "You don't want to get it." I go, "Everybody that gets it kind of sends it back." Let me tell you about the veal, which mm-hmm. I I knew a few things. But I didn't have extensive knowledge on the menu. So anything that I didn't know, I kind of steered them away from. Just How long were you at Olive Garden? This is 16. I was, uh, <clears throat> it was like one of my first jobs. Wow. It was like a summer uh, at, at, the, at the garden where uh, – I was hoping you were going to say until last year, Spike. No, no, no. This was early on, <laughs> early on. But I always waited tables. I was doing fine dining in Chicago. Right, I was doing right. the Hyatt hotels, the Hilton hotels. What did you like about it? I did the same thing. Like when I thought – when it came time to do jobs in my town, there weren't, there weren't many. I was a bag boy and then I mowed lawns. And then as soon as I could when I was uh, – you know, I'd sleep on my uh, my aunt's uh, floor at, down at Cape Cod so I could hang out down by the beach. I immediately got into waiting tables, and I loved it. Maybe pretty good money for a kid, right? Mm-hmm. But also, I like the interactions with people. It's not easy for me to talk to people, and I was like, now I'm forced to kind of talk to them. However, it, it, when I started bartending in Boston and then in New York – it, the attitude started coming out. I started to get a little angry at people. Do you ever have that problem where you're just like, I can't take any more? 
of this. Oh yeah, no, I've, I've I've had that problem throughout the whole time I was at the Four Seasons. I right. just had to disguise it. But a bartender is different. A bartender, you could get away with the attitude, because right? You, right. They're coming to you. A waiter, mm-hmm. you're going to them. Right. So there's right. a uh, there's a bit of uh, hey, you know, you're you're coming to my bar. I'll get to you when I can get to you. Right. Uh, with, with a with a table, you feel like you need to get there, or they're or they're doing the wave or whatnot. Do but you yeah, ever, did people give, give you big tips? Did yeah, they, I, got, did any... I got some. I got. There was a guy that came in there for about a year, uh, and he was passing out money. I'd bring him a diet coke, give me a hundred. Uh, really? You would. Uh, walk, he would walk in, give the guy a hundred uh, that opened the door. He forgot something in his, in his car. Guy would open the door again, give him another hundred. He'd come back in. He made three hundred dollars. Opened up the door three times. This guy was passing out money that we were like, "What's going on?" So. Literally made a ton of money on this guy, and I found out later on that he was running some type of uh, Ponzi scheme or whatnot. And, and uh, <laughs> but hey, I, I got, I got was, paid. The Ponzi scheme was he would give the money away. What was the Ponzi he scheme? He was trying to uh, come into the hotel, hmm. flash a lot of money for investors. Into I his company. see. Oh, I see. It's so, a lure. It was a lure. Definitely. Yeah. A lure. Oh, I love that. I love the small town crime where the, in Boston it was the same thing. There were always these guys working these pyramid schemes and little scams yeah. around. You had to be careful. That's really interesting. The uh, I didn't think you would be that kind of waiter because so much of your comedy is born out of the what is happening here reaction to it. Yeah, I, I had pride in what I was doing, but there was <laughs> in, in, internally I was going, really? You're going you're gonna to get that? <laughs> One woman wanted a wine, but she liked the wine glass was too thin for her lips. She wanted a thicker <laughs> brim. And in my head, I'm like, come on. So there's a lot of right, right. And frustration, which I then uh, uh, went to the stage and kind of let that out there. I see. So and and what did you think you were going to do with your life at this point? You're, you're at the Olive Garden. What's the plan? Uh, Olive Garden was, uh, was again, I was in high school. I, was I know, but to, you're thinking about what you're going to be. I always knew I was going to do stand-up comedy <laughs> really? at a young age. So when I was in second grade, they went around the room and said, what do you want to be? I said, a stand-up Come comedian. on. Yeah, I, I watched Johnny Carson early on. <clears throat> and uh, just uh, every time, this is back in the, what, late 70s, early 80s, uh, comedy's big. It's on yeah, every yeah. station. A&E mm-hmm. at the improv, da, 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 da. I was watching all that stuff. And uh, multiple times. I, was, I would watch it like it was game tape, and I would just be fascinated by it. So I always knew I was going to get into this business, didn't know when, how, where. I come from the northwest uh, suburbs of Chicago. My father's a beautician. My mother's a secretary. There's no real in to Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? I thought Hollywood was a place where, like, you can't even get there. It was, uh, it was like this place where... You know, as a kid, you're like, well, wait, you know, Hollywood sounds like a magical <laughs> little island. How does it sound today, Sebastian? Now I'm dying to move out. So, yeah, it, it, I always knew I was going to get into it. And then uh, I went to college. I was awful. Uh, my first year, my freshman year, I went to Northern Illinois University. I wanted to quit. I wanted to move out to L.A. My father said, listen, stay in, get the degree, and then you can do whatever you want. So shortly after that, I moved out to Los Angeles after I graduated when I was 23, 24 years old. I hit the ground running, and uh, and that was it. I mean, uh, comedy was always in the cards for me, and uh, wow. I was just didn't know how it was going to happen. <clears throat> second grade. I have a second grader right now. Mm. Right. Yeah. All he wants to do is play Fortnite. 
Yeah, we didn't have Fortnite. We had Pitfall Harry and uh, Pac-Man back I'm then. I'm surprised. Did you ever get to meet Carson before he died? No, that's uh, – did you? I did. Yeah, yeah. He was he was around Letterman uh, Letterman show a lot. So oh, he was. He, he would. Uh, we would come out here for the Emmy trips, and uh, he would walk into. I, I remember him. We would have a, an Emmy dinner Friday night out here in L.A. at Granita. Um, it was the Wolfgang Puck restaurant that was in Malibu. May still be there. And uh, Johnny Carson famously just walks in, uh, pretty much halfway through the dinner, says hi to everybody, comes over to the tables. Really sweet guy, and then. Buys dinner for the staff, oh, <laughs> wow. hundred plus people at a Wolfgang Puck restaurant. Oh my Just God. lays down his uh, his diner's club, and it's off. You know, so wow. yeah, I got to interact with him a few times. I have this faint recollection of, and I'm not even sure it's real. I it, it <clears throat> but I I kind of remember being invited to play tennis with him because he played tennis after he retired, and mm-hmm. I couldn't wrap my head around that idea you know and uh did you go no <laughs> i didn't you couldn't write, you, it was a time where i was so insecure and it was just i couldn't imagine spending this alone time with somebody you know and, and, you know someone asked me do you want to go on a date with madonna this is when i was writing for seinfeld i think i was like no i, I that that's a horrible. You're putting me in a horrible situation. Wait, wait, wait. Like, what wait, am wait. I going to do in that? Where does this come from? Like, <laughs> do you want to go on a date with? with is, there did, was did, she had a friend who was a writer on on the show, and she was looking to go out. And she with was single you in particular, or and she said, "Do you know anybody? Do you know any funny young men?" And you know, at the time, she was dating some Brazilian super hunk guy or some modely guy, and she goes, "What? What about you? You know, I'll set you up with Madonna. You go out on a date with her. I told her about you." And I said, no. She goes, what would you do? And I I, I don't know. I, I take her out to dinner and a movie. A dinner and a movie? She goes, this is Madonna, Spike. You can't take Madonna to dinner and a movie. And I go, already, this is a nightmare. Yeah. I don't want any part of it. I don't want any part of it. I don't I don't like that. that I didn't like that matchup. So there are, there are probably 10 moments in my career where I, if I were me today, uh, it would have been wonderful opportunities. <laughs> you today, you go out. With, I don't uh, have a problem with people now. I don't. It doesn't matter who you are. You don't. You know. I, I. I'm just more comfortable in my own skin, and I can relax. But gotcha. back then, I could not. And the idea of being, you know, in a room with Steven Spielberg or doing a movie, those things scared the shit out of me. Right? So, what I, was the tipping point for you? How, how do you? Uh... Years of psychology. Years. <laughs> Sitting with a psychologist and unraveling the damage my parents had done to my self-esteem. <laughs> that was it. We got to take a quick break. We'll be back with Sebastian Maniscalco right after this. Do you feel like you're spinning your wheels stuck in the mud of debt with an open diff? Do you feel like you have no financial traction, there's no way out, and the bills keep piling up? Are you not getting anywhere with those minimum payments? Don't let banks keep your wheels spinning. Lock yourself up with total financial freedom and get yourself free credit cards, signature loans, department store cards, medical bills, internet loans, and even timeshares. Total financial freedom can help you get debt-free in months rather than decades. You can get out of debt saving money each month and pay back a fraction of what you owe. Call 866-218-0588. 866-218-0588 today. For free information, for over 10 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands. They're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau with zero complaints, too. That's zero. These people are car people like us, and they're squeaky clean. Honestly, if I had debt, 
I'd use them too. Now that implies I don't have debt. And that would be correct. Their website is www.tffusa.com. That's T as in turbo, I see. It's a car thing. F as in fuel, and F as in fuelusa.com. Get out of the endless cycle and call them today, 866-218-0588. And that's 866-218-0588. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. And we're back! We're laughing because we don't really take a break here in the studio. I just say, we'll be right back. And then I go, we'll be back. Pulling down, pulling aside the curtain. Anyway, there's so much going on with you, man. I'm so impressed with everything you're doing. You know, uh, you know. again, I, I keep thinking about these, you know, talk about for a minute what it's like. Because I've heard other comics say, like, the best number for an audience is 5,000 or less. And now, you know, when you push past 5,000, it's different. How is it different going from 5,000 to 19,000 people? Uh, the difference is, um, I mean, obviously, the, the room is larger. The laughs might get lost uh, in, in the rafters of a... Listen, an arena is made for basketball and hockey. It's typically not made for stand-up comedy. You kind of lose the intimacy of the whole art form. And I... Uh, but... That being said, uh, how I'm doing it in the round, it's the most intimate feeling for at least myself as a performer, and I think for the audience because you know they're 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 surrounding you rather than you know they're at the right, north right, end right. and you're at the south end. So also, um, I think I know what you're talking about because the last time I was there, I, I think I saw Adele and she moved to the center yeah, of the garden, yeah. and that's where. You know, she can perform for everybody. I, I get that. That makes sense, as opposed to the Eddie Murphy and the red pants all the way in the stage. I get it. Yeah. I, I understand that. Is there a is there a backstage scene going on there? Are there a bunch of people? Are you walking? You know, what is it like backstage? Is it like a rock there's, concert? There's or? no... Listen. <laughs> I mean, Educate me about Sebastian it, Maniscalco. It's... Uh, it's uh, my wife and my child, every once in a while, I will take them on mm -hmm. the road with me. So when they're there, my, my wife is generally there. I did Toronto at the ACC Center. My, my, my wife came along with my daughter, and I brought them on stage. Oh, fun. And we took a photo in front of 19,000 people. Oh, that's but cool. But there is no – this isn't um, – <laughs> We're not Motley Crue, okay, in the 80s. There's not 98 people in the back. Mm -hmm. It's very quiet. <clears throat> I come in. I, I don't have much in the dressing room whatsoever. Right. I, I have a you know a Hall's mentholiptus. I think you're missing out and on a on a whole thing, Sebastian. What are you, what are you gonna do? What do you, what what am I supposed to be doing back there? I'm not saying you're supposed to be doing it. Let me just tell you a story. I go I go to this little supermarket where I live on the west side of L.A. There's less a little small privately owned supermarket there, and every time I see this one mom, this kind of hot mom, yeah, she goes. Uh, What's going on with Sebastian Maniscalco? <laughs> I said, what? She goes, don't you know Sebastian Maniscalco? I go, kind of. I've met him. We're not we're not close friends or anything. But what is he doing? Do you know? And then she, she bends my ear for about 20 minutes about everything that you've done, every joke that you've told. Oh, jeez. And when, and I almost called her, when can I, can I be introduced to Sebastian Maniscalco? Wow. She's such a student of your act, and she's a mom. She's a Brentwood mom. Brentwood mom. That's my. That's my. Uh, Who has nothing else to say to me apparently about <laughs> anything that I do. <laughs> 
She's got to talk about Sebastian Maniscalco. I just saw it at the dog park the other day. The same thing. Sebastian. She's waving at me. Sebastian. I go, it's Spike. That's my name. I'm gonna, when we take our picture today, I'm going to send it to her. But that's Sorry. what I mean. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I hear what you're saying. This is this – is, um, I had this problem once before. I was on Jimmy Fallon. I yes. brought a lot of people to the Jimmy Fallon show. I had my mother-in-law, my wife, my mom. Oh, that's cute. I, I like lot, that. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was throwing a party. I felt like I was entertaining people. Yes. I go out on the Jimmy Fallon show to do my set, and a minute into the set, I go completely bl- blank. I, I forget my act. I don't know. I can't, I can't get back up. It's uh, 10 seconds. Uh, the roots are looking at me. It goes quiet, and I was going to say I need to start over, but I didn't know if you could do that on, right. a, on, a, on a late night talk show. And then boom, it kicked back in, and I finished the set. And I and I attributed that to the fact that my my head wasn't in the game because mm-hmm. I had so many people with me. Yeah. So now when I do my shows, I like to go in skeleton crew, mm-hmm. just me and uh, you know my tour manager, production manager. Uh, go out and do the show and give it my all. And the way I'm doing these shows and 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 to talk about. Um, how I'm making it an experience for people because the way I feel is like these people are coming to see me for one night out of the year and they might have got a babysitter, they paid a, a, a lot of money for the ticket, the parking, the whole thing. I don't want to disappoint these people. So A, not only am I going to be on top of my game, B, I have a lot of um, video. I bring a big video wall because I do a lot of facial expressions and it's very physical. Mm-hmm. So I want those people to be able to see that. And when you're in an arena, 19,000 people, the guy that's sitting up in the third tier balcony, I want him to have the experience as, as people on the floor. So I have a round screen above the uh, above the stage and it's 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 really cool. And yeah, it sounds cool. Just, just to give the people, you know, it's an event. When you yeah, go in an arena, yeah. it's an event. Yeah, it's stand-up comedy. The people, uh, when they come in there, they want to laugh from point A to point B, and that's all they really care about. But I believe you have to give them some type of production value as well. They might not notice it. They might not leave going, wow, did you see the screen? But they they saw it, and it's kind of interpreted in, yeah. their, in their experience. So, right. Uh, that, <clears throat> and that's, they're going to laugh. They're going to laugh for a long time. I mean, I, I'm thinking of, of this Adele. N- nothing against Adele, by the way, but two songs in, I was like, when is this thing going to end? <laughs> <laughs> when is it over, Erica? When is it over? <laughs> and I had pretty damn good seats, and Adele's dancing right next to me, and I'm like yawning. And, and you know, I can see this show. This, where do we get tickets for this show? Are you selling them directly? Are you selling them? Yeah, right Ticket out Master? of my car. Right out of SebastianMenescalco.com. <laughs> tickets for the show are at SebastianLive.com. You could get all the tickets. Uh, we just did a, a 2019 tour announcement going to uh, uh, a lot of cities. You're touring straight I... through uh, the end of May, yeah, as end far of as May. I can tell. Yeah. Wow. A lot of cities I haven't been to either. Peoria, Illinois, Tunica, Mississippi is on there. Uh Atlanta, we're doing BB&T Center in Sunrise, uh, Florida. So, uh, yeah, man, it's been great. It's 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 just been uh, a lot of hard work, and um, now I'm kind of uh, reaping the benefits of, of 20 years of, mm-hmm. of, of kicking around 20 years. clubs. Suck that cash up with a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Don't look back. Take it all. Take all of it. You know, it was, uh, <clears throat> I work out a lot, Sebastian. 
Well, they, yeah, obviously, yeah. Obviously, right? <laughs> you can see it the way I was hanging out of that car trying to get that <laughs> ticket from the machine. Anyway, uh, one of the trainers there, uh, John, <clears throat> was uh, is leaving, moving, moving Austin. I go, uh, you taking off? He goes, yeah, I'm taking off. He goes, uh, I go, what are you going to do while you're in uh, while you're in Austin? He goes, I'm going to train a little, but I uh, do some bodyguard work. And I go, bodyguard. You know John Petrelli? <laughs> Who are you a bodyguard for? He goes, Sebastian Maniscalco. I go, what? I go, first of all, who's trying to hurt Sebastian? <laughs> that he needs you. Oh, my God. I had no idea that you <clears throat> I know there. him very well. well you do? As much as, I mean, I see him two or three times a week, or did, oh, when he wow. was here working at Five Star Fitness in the uh, Sofitel, where I train in the morning. Who's your Fantastic trainer? Fantastic guy, Steve Heinzer. Okay. Steve, did you? Why were you working out there too? Yeah, oh, that's, I didn't even know I that. That's I used to work out with John. Oh my God! So John and I have known twenty years. He introduced me to my wife. Right, he did. Yeah. Oh my God! So he uh, he was moving to Austin, and while I was on the road, I wasn't really uh, taking care of my body. I wasn't working out a lot. I was work, uh, eating twelve o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. Right, right. So we started to talk. I go, you know what? You want to come and 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 kind of you know, train me on the road. And then, you know, it's like a quasi security where he kind of takes me from point A to point B. Right. Right. He's, he's uh, strapped by any means. <laughs> he's but... according to him. He wouldn't get into that part. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> he's packing heat. He likes guns. Doesn't he have, he has some military training too, right? Yeah. He's, he's just, he's one of these guys that's like a John. survivalist. He's yeah. He's, yeah. You know, he, he hunts, he, he hunts and fishes all yeah, the time. You know, yeah. He, he can live off the land. He, he's a, you know, Martial artist, uh, bow MMA. hunter. That's right. He's a martial art. Yeah, he's perfect. Well, what a perfect guy to have with you, right? Yeah, no, he's a been guy that fantastic. can train you and and keep you from being attacked from the ladies of Brentwood. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine anyone would try to ever hurt you, Sebastian. Oh, You're such a nice person. Well, anyway, you, it looks you. like we're running out of time. We got five minutes. We can go a little longer. All right. Think of all the weird things found in cars. I'm not talking about your garden variety petrified French fries or melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about folks. Another thing you're going to wonder about, but in a good way, are continental belts. Bet you didn't know they're OE in tens of millions of Chryslers and Dodge, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on the majority of BMWs and BWs. Now Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. It's their OE technology series. Belts that are fanatically engineered for perfect fit form and function. And Continental has OE technology series multi-V belts for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. Hey, you get enough surprises working on cars and trucks. A belt should not be one of them. Go to Continental OE Technology Series Multi V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree to get the full story. Visit OE Technology Series.com. All right. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. So, um, well, what the hell was I going to ask you? Go ahead. Oh, Lay it when, on me. Okay. Let's go back to the cars. Okay. When you buy a car and yeah. when you're looking at a vehicle, me. Yeah. Yes. Is price mm-hmm. an issue? <clears throat> Always. Yeah, how can it not be? Well, the way I was talking, the way you're talking, going, hey, you know. You oh, if I'm you? Well, no, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> is that, pr- when you take your family to these gigs, is that on a commercial jet or a private jet, Sebastian? <laughs> That's a car right there. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just saying, like, the, I, I looked at the... Um, on your on your uh, recommendation, I yes. looked at the Panamera. Okay, 
uh, um, e uh, what would you call e hybrid e hybrid turbo right yep it's like a hundred and right ninety or seventy the do you get the va- I'm looking for <clears throat> value. Right. You you spend two hundred <clears throat> grand on a car. That's a lot of bread, right? Yeah, it is. It's a lot. So it's for sure, <laughs> it's a ton. <laughs> the listeners now know what I've spent in the last year with Zuckerman, my co-host, who's not here. And they're going, "Yeah, you're still at about one fifth what Spike and Zuckerman did this year." Don't tell their wives; it's a secret. <laughs> uh, so it's it's uh, to me, I'm like. For two hundred grand, is that the best car at that price okay, point? A couple of things. All right, you can write off one of your cars. You can lease a car and write it off as a business it. expense. That's done. So that's that's done. That's done. That'd one be... each, though. One for your wife and one for you. Okay. Okay. It... So there you go. That's right now. You're getting Re- a little money. Back. Regardless, what I'm saying, <laughs> right. like if you, like, if you uh, spent two hundred grand on that car, yeah, is there another car in the market that's comparable <clears throat> that will give you the value? I, for this car that we're talking about, first of all, I would not be spending two hundred grand on it. I would be leasing it for a couple of years. First and you know that's this car. I don't ever. Do you lease or do you buy? <clears throat> that special cars I buy because I always know I'll make a little money on the way out or lose the least amount of money. So the GT2 RS that's bought. We you know Zuckerman wanted me to lease the GT3 Touring. That's the first. No, it's the second time I've leased the GT3. But, you know, maybe we'll get out of that without spending any money because they're still selling for over a sticker at this point, depending on when we get out. But anything else that's a production car, I tend to lease. You know, I tend to do that. If it's, you know, special cars I buy and then you keep them, right? You know, so I I had a blue GT3 in 2015 that I purchased outright. And uh, I think the total expense for that car after three and a half years of ownership was about $15,000. (laughs) So, I mean, think about that. That's $15,000 is what I spent to drive a beautiful GT3 for three and a half years, right? Really, that's, you know, I ended up getting most of my money out of it and then a little more. And, you know, so break that up into a monthly payment. It's it's nothing, right? (laughs) So, you know, getting back to what you're talking about, you you know, if – Again, because you might be in transition, you might eventually have that garage. I might even be just going, why don't I just go – you know, let me hook you up with a guy. Pre, why don't you just get a nice pre-owned version of one of these things? Nobody's buying the, the Panamera market is not a hot market. These cars will be heavily discounted soon. The pre-owned cars are certainly already going to be there. And then you just, you know, you write the check, you buy it outright, or you go. What I usually do is I go. Well, how much can I now add to my monthly nut for this payment? <laughs> right? <clears throat> I don't ever really follow that rule. Uh-huh. <laughs> I end up get falling in love with a car, not a payment. But, you know, that's how I kind of look at it. And for this, I'd be going, you know, why not Why not just get, you know, buy something pre-owned with a few thousand miles on it and just leave it outside and drive it and enjoy it and not worry about it. Because, you know, like like the, the Panamera Turbo S is, it's a lovely, beautiful car, but you don't have to take care of that. You can, you can you know, they made a lot of them. It's yeah. not ever going to be collectible. The Turbo S, incredible car. It's not going to be collect- collectible, really. You know, they've made too many of them. Does that help you? It, that helps me, and uh, I just want to know that there is room at the hangar just in case. <laughs> always. <laughs> oh, no, no, there is. <clears throat> There's always room, anytime. 
We have uh, there's there's spaces open all over the place. Is there hangers available still? Or did not you, right? Did, no, I tried. Get... We tried to get one recently. Oh, you did? There's not. But between me and Jerry and Zuckerman, there is about we have eight little spots to stash stuff. And then Matt Farah is opening a place by the L.A. Clippers practice center. There's places all over the place to kind of stash cars. But you don't – how long are you leaving this car? Because then you think about it. You're going to have to come down to the airport and no, pick it up no, unless you're I'm, landing in Santa Monica. I'm, ta- I'm talking about down the road. Just my, where's my head goes down the yeah, road. Yeah, yeah. That's easy. We'll hook you up. All right. You're talking – you know all the right people, my friend. Gotcha. Well, here we are. Sebastian Maniscalco, everybody. You want to check out uh, the Stay Hungry Tour from now until the end of May 2019. You won't be disappointed. You know where I fell in love with you was this uh, viral Facebook clip about the doorbell. The company, yeah. I had no a... idea who you were, by the way. And I this thing popped up on my screen, and I went, oh, my God, what an observation that is. Immediately, I went, I, I called Jerry up. This got me in trouble, by the way. I said, i got to send you something. He goes, what? I go, this clip from this comedian about a doorbell about how in the old days it was good news, and nowadays you got to hit the floor, everybody's afraid. I go, it's incredible. It's got 10 million views on it. He goes, what's his name? I go, Sebastian Maniscalco. And he goes, well, obviously, Spike, you don't watch my show, Comedians <laughs> in Cars, because I had him on last season. I go, we should do a show with him. He goes, he's got a show at NBC. <laughs> it was just late to the whole Sebastian <laughs> game. And then trouble with Jerry, but... Um, you got to check him out. Um, most of you know who he is. If you don't, uh, you got to see him live because because uh, it's big. It's hey, big. His name hey. is Sebastian Maniscalco. Go to your site. What is it? SebastianLive.com. You can get the tickets there. Also got a book called Stay Hungry. You could read that. There you go. And um, that's it, Sebastian, man. Thank Thanks. you for coming Thanks on for the show. Me. And again, remember, you know, you can uh, – I'll give you my phone number. It's a lot easier to just text yeah, me for yeah. information. Please. <laughs> um, currently, I've got Jeremy Piven lighting me up again about a car. He's the only guy who's who's uh, been taking longer to buy a Porsche than you are. <laughs> he's going on two and a half years right now. But he's getting close, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next week on Spike's Car Radio. Real quick before we go, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for. But what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price. And dealer price, it's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing True Price from True Car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True Car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for, for the same car you want And your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. Hey guys, it's Jack Vanek from The Lady Gang, and I'm sitting here with true crime TV producer and my best friend, Alexis Linkletter, and we are so excited that we are finally launching our true crime podcast called The First Degree right here on Podcast One. And each week, we are going to bring you the craziest true crime stories and talk to the people who are one degree away from each of these crazy events. And we've dragged crime journalist Billy Jensen along for the ride, and he can't get rid of us. Join us on The First Degree every Wednesday on PodcastOne.com and the PC1 app. Also remember to rate and review.